0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.
1: The 25th day of Mar Heshvan, corresponding to the 9th day of November 2023. Today's special class and breakfast graciously sponsored by Mr. Clemente Rahamin Bela Hamu Ya Kohen, the beloved mother, Sarah Batmini, Hashalom to the words of Torah and the Berachot heard the Shema Haban, Aliyah, in Gan Eden, Amen. Amen. Amen Additionally, as we have been doing since Yisrochag we're dedicating today's class for the safe return of the hostages which sure. are as of now in the hands of our enemy for the success and protection of our hayalim you? for the of the, of the many Cholim and Munden in Erez Yisrael And obviously the Elohim Ishmat, the Kedoshim that returned their soul on a timely manner, Al-Kidush Hashem. Today, we would like to welcome, I believe, for the first time, to the Edmund J. Safra Synagogue, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. Even though he doesn't know me from a long time, I know the Rabbi more than he knows that I know him. I follow the Rabbi often through his Sefarim, through many of his Shiorim. And through many of his write-ups, the rabbi comes, I believe, from Cedarhurst, New York, rabbi, yeah. which is building an empire of Torah, a, a a a headquarters at all levels, I believe. And we wish the great rabbi to have, Mirachan Aslachan, is spreading the Torah to the four corners of the world. Amen. We say, is going to Shul to shul.com and to... The one and only our dear friend Jonathan thank me for arranging the visit of the Rabbi, not only to our Kehillah today, but to the other Kehillah that Rabbi Gladstein had been visiting. He's very popular in the Torah Anytime platform. You can also find his sefarim in askroll.com and dg.rabbi.dg.com. I'm mean, I mean, free product, Rabbi. You tell me what you need, we'll deliver. Nothing's
0: free in life. Beautiful.
1: Okay. And uh, this class should serve as a I'm gonna give the mic to the Rabbi, which for those who know me already, to aistorah.com or our synagogue. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> you need to know Rabbi, the fact that Baruch Hashem, you're talking to us today, that means that you are good. Mm-hmm. So Hashem should bless you to be able to spread the words of Torah, Amen. especially in these very, very critical times for all of Am Israel. And as we have been saying uh, for a while, that the issue is not limited only in Eretz Israel, but regretfully, the challenges of Eretz Israel. Are spreading to the four corners of the world. So I'm going to do something that I usually don't do at this hour stay quiet and listen to you. I'm going to give you over the mic, Hakan, so the Kahal here can hear you as well. Feel free to use it. Today, in your honor, you have at least 35 to 45 minutes. Okay. We'll see. So far, we have a magnificent breakfast.
0: Yeah. Gracious. Am I wearing it correctly?
1: Mr. Beida Le'ailu Nishmat is mother, Sarah Batmin. Can
0: I give a sheet? You can give me. You. you can give to
1: some. I'll give them up. Okay. Anybody who would like to follow some of the sources of the rabbi, feel free to take.
0: Good morning everyone, it's a great honor, a great distinction to be in this illustrious Beit HaKnesset, the Safra Synagogue, Vershut, Harav HaGoyn, Rav Gaumidi, Shlita, Yedidi. It's such an honor and pleasure to be in the presence of your illustrious Rav. And may this Chut of today's learning be a Chut for all of Am Yisrael, for your kehila, for your Rav, that he should have... Many happy and healthy, gesund years here in the Kila, leading us higher and higher. La Torah, la vodolama la Tovim, Adviat, Goel, Sadek, and Herbi, Amina, Amen. Amen. Also want to thank my dear friend, Rabbi Jonathan Dagmi, for giving me the opportunity to come here to South Florida in the, under the venue, under the banner of shul.com. And we're Mavarikh Rabbi Yonatan. He should continue to have siyata Adishmaya, LaHagdil, Torah, ullah Amen. 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 I want to tell you a personal story, something that is very close to my family, that not many people know about. My grandfather, my revered grandfather, Zechar Sadik Levracha, is a survivor of the Holocaust. He passed away a few years ago at 106 years old. He had smicha already before the war broke out. He was close to G'dolei Yisrael, even before World War II. He knew Rav Menachem Zemba. Anybody who knows, Rav Menachem Zemba was the prominent, preeminent Gadal B'Torah in Poland before World War II. My grandfather was in Auschwitz. And in Auschwitz, he saw Eichmann. Y'mach Shema And Eichmann invited a special guest to Auschwitz to rejoice over the brutality that they were inflicting on the Jewish people. Who is this special guest? A special guest from Jerusalem. The Mufti, the Grand Mufti from Jerusalem. And my grandfather remembered, and he wrote this in his personal memoirs, that Eichmann and the Mufti sat arm in arm like two lovers. And they would march Jews in front of them And they would hit the Jew in a way that the Jew would not be able to have children again. And they would laugh, and they would... And my grandfather says, this is what happens when Esau and Yishmael come together. When Esau and Yishmael come together, it brings destruction to the world. If you want to know, what would the world look like if the Western world and Yishmael ever got together? Auschwitz, that's what it would look like. And with this picture in mind, I want to bring to your attention a very interesting pasuk at the end of next week's parasha. Already in the beginning, Yaakov and Esav did not get along, and Esav hated Yaakov. And Yaakov got the birthright, and Yaakov stole the blessing. And when Esav realized that Yaakov duped him, the pasuk says, Vayisto Meisav Li Yaakov, Vayomer! Yikrivu yimei evel achi, avi. Esav said, when will the mourning for my father come already? And then when my father dies, I'm going to kill Yaakov. By the way, some of the Mepharshim say, why when my father dies will I kill Yaakov? Because so long as Yaakov is learning Torah, we're invincible. But when my father dies, Yaakov will be be be'aveilut. And an Avel, can't learn Torah. And then I'll get him. And then I'll get him. So people always want to know, that's the first important limo. People want to know, what should we do to defend the Jewish people? Should we send special gloves to the soldiers? Yeah, you should. Should we send money to help the fighting in Israel? Yeah, of course. Whatever you could do to help the chayelim, you should do. But what's the ikar? The ikar is Talmud Torah. That is the main... Defense of the Jewish people. That's the main defense. Torah is the main defense. So long as we're learning Torah, we're protected. Okay. It says that Esav hated Yaakov. So we would expect, okay, Esav hates Yaakov. What's Esav going to do? Is he going to buy ammunition? Is he going to buy a rifle? Is he going to buy a knife? Is he going to buy a sword? And the Torah basically doesn't say what he does comes Vilna Gaon. You ready for this nugget? Comes a Vilna Gaon. He wrote a commentary on a Kabbalistic work called Safra Dotsni Vilna Gaon says, you know what Esav did because he hated Yaakov? Vayelech Esav el Yishmael. He went to Yishmael. Vayikach es machalat bat Yishmael. He took machalat the daughter of Yishmael. Ben Avraham, Lola Isha, Esav married the daughter of Yishmael. Where? Houston, we got a problem. You hear the Vilna Gaon? Esav hated Yaakov. So how is he going to destroy him? He's going to marry Yishmael's daughter. And like we mentioned, when Esav and Yishmael get together, you know what the world looks like. So I want to bring to your attention what would you say in the history of the Jewish people other than the Holocaust what moment in time was probably the most dangerous moment in the history of the Jewish people? Of all the atrocities that loomed over the head of the Jewish people what do you think was the most dangerous moment in the history of the Jewish people? Where there was a Gezerah to annihilate Chas V'Shalom Israel? Yisrael Purim, exactly. Very good. You have such a beautiful keilah. They know already. Purim. Major leagues. Purim. Purim was the only time in our history there was a Gezerah, Le-Hashmid, Laharog, harog abed So let's study that. Because who were the players in the times of Purim? So we have Haman. Haman is a Sav. But then we have Yishmael. Uh, excuse me. We have Akashveros. Who's Achashverosh? What nation is he from?
1: Persia.
0: Persia. Paras. What's Paras? Is it such a dangerous, is it such a dangerous combination, Paras and Asav? We're learning. We learned from Vilna Gaon that there's a great danger when Esav and Yishmael get together. But now in the times of Purim, we have Esav and Paras. So let's study this. You know, there's a big question. If you study Medrash Rabbah on Sefer Bereshit, the Medrash teaches us that historically the Jewish people have undergone four galusim, four exiles. What are they? Babel, Babylon, Parasumadai, Persia, and Media. By the way, the biggest galus is the Media. That's no question. The biggest galus is the Media. Don't believe a word they say. Whatever, if you want to know the emet... Then listen to what they say in the news and the emet is the exact opposite. On any issue, on any point of view, any social issue that exists, if you want to know what the Torah says, you don't even have to look in the Torah. Look what the media says and you know the Torah is So Persia media is the second galut. The third galut, Yavan. The fourth galut, the Medrash says countless times, Galut Edom. Galut Edom. Where does the matter say this? Practically, every time the number 4 appears in Sefer Bereshit, whether it's, V'ha'aretz hosa tohu vavohu v'choshech apnei tahom 4, 4 galosim. The 4 rivers in Gan Eden, the 4 Ya Avram Avinu at Britbein Habitarim, it says, V'hinei eima the g'dola nofeles, I love 4 languages, The four Galasim. Who are they? Babylon, Persia, Greece, Edom. Rome. Rome. There's a big question. It seems like the Midrash did not mention a very powerful, important Galut that we're suffering from today and we've suffered from for a very long time. Galut Yishmael. Why does the Midrash not refer to Galut Yishmael? Now for the sake of completion, for the sake of your Yediyat HaTorah, there is an opinion. The opinion of Ibn Ezra is that the four exiles are Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome is number three, number four is Yishmael. But Ramban rejects Ibn Ezra (coughs) because Ramban says the Midrash, the Tarshabal Pet, never talks about Yishmael. Therefore, Yishmael does not make the official list. But the question we have to ask ourselves is why does Yishmael not make the official list? Why is he not on the list? What, they, they haven't caused enough trouble? They haven't brought enough tragedy? They didn't take enough hostages? Why is Yishmael not on the list? This is a question that is addressed by many commentaries, most notably the Maharal of Prague. Okay? I'm going to share with you this morning the two answers of the Maharal. Why is Yishmael not on the list? The first answer, the maral. if you have uh, if you have your sheets, we're gonna take a look at number eight. The maral says we have to understand what the concept of a galut is. What's a galut? What's a malchut? There's something called Malchut Shamayim, the domain, the sovereignty of God. Okay, God has a throne in Shamayim Kiseha Kavod. But do we recognize God as Melech HaOlam? We know He's the Borei. We know He's the Manig. Do we recognize He's the Melech? The way to recognize God's Malchut, we need Malchut Beit David. The Malchut Beit David is the manifestation of God's Malchut in this world. That is why, what Shevet does David come from? Yehudah. Does anybody know what are the four legs of God's throne? What are they made out of? Mahogany, gold, <laughs> silver. Chazal tell us: Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Who's the fourth leg? David Who David's the fourth leg. That means without David, the throne has no stability. When Yehuda is born, says the Shlach Kadosh, Vata Amud Miladet God's throne has stability. David Amelach allows God's malchut to be recognized in this world. Without David, vid David hu regel revi. <laughs> that's why, by the way, the word Yehuda, the word Yehuda is a very special word. Yehuda is Yud Kevavke, and the Dale that's the fourth regel of God's throne. Come to Babylonians. And they, they destroy the temple. And they put an end to Malchut Beit David. And they imprison the continuity of the Malchut Beit David. They take Sidkiyahu and they blind him. That's the end of the Malchut. Now Malchut Shamayim has been stolen. It's in the hands of Babel. And then when the Persians destroyed the temple, they took the Malchut from Babylon. And then when the Greeks destroyed Persia, they took the Malchut. And now Rome has it. And who's Rome today? The Western world. Judea Christian values, the Western world. USA, USA, USA is Malchut Edom. So Malchut Shamayim is in the hands of Edom. Then Mashiach will come, we get it back. Says Maral... But Yishmael never took our malchut. Yishmael has an independent source of koach. What's the, the source of Yishmael's koach? Avraham Avinu, when God says, you know, you're going to have a son finally. Avraham Avinu says, I already have a son. Lu Yishmael, Yichiel lefanecha. If only Yishmael would live before you. Says Maral of Prague, the power of Abraham's tefillah infused Yishmael with koach until the end of days. In fact, Zohar Kadosh says, we're angry at Avraham, we're upset with him. Avinu, lo avinu ato, we say, you're not our father, we say to Avraham. Why do you pray for that, para adam? Why would you pray for that? You know the words, para adam, it's a very unusual term. Rabbi, um, Rabbi Shulev Diskin points out, you know, in Lashon Kodesh, you always have the noun and then the adjective. Adam Gadol, Bayid Gadol, Bayid Katan. Adam Katan. You say the noun and then you say the adjective. And with Yishmael, we should say Adam, the man. What kind of man? Pere, wild. But no, we don't say, we say Pere, Adam. adam. Because the noun of Yishmael, he's Pere, he's wild. The adjective is Adam. That's the kind of Pere he is. If you want to know the essence of Yishmael. The power of Yishmael comes from the Tfilah of Abraham Avinu. He has no malchut. Therefore, he doesn't make the official who's who list of the four galusim. That's the first answer of the maharal. But the maharal says, let me share with you the definitive answer. The definitive answer of why Yishmal is not one of the four exiles is he is one of the four exiles. Which one? Says the maharal, he's the second exile. He's Persia. Paras and Yishmael are synonymous. Why is that? Says Maral, they're not the same ethnicity, they're not the same culture, they're not related to each other. Says Maharal, the definition of these four categories are not ethnicities, they're not cultures, they're not beliefs, they're personality traits. And Yishmael has the same personality traits as Paras. What are the personality traits of Paras? The Gemara tells us The Persians made many wars They conquered many cities That's the nature of Yishmael Therefore Yishmael is Paras It's the same thing as Paras Ooh. Now the Shamayim open up Because we learned from the Vilna Gon That if Esav and Yishmael ever got together They'll destroy the world And we gave so far one example of Esau and Yishmael coming together in Auschwitz. But now we have another example. Haman, Esau, Achashverosh. What do you mean Achashverosh? He is Paras. No, Paras and Yishmael are the same. That was the second time in history that Yishmael and Esau come together. Achashverosh and Haman. If you ever hear that Achashverosh and Haman come to the room together and they shake hands... Watch out! No, that's a big bad news. Bad news. Now this gives us insight, and this every Jew has to be familiar with this right now, into two very important Gemaras and Chas. You know, people want to know what's going to happen at the end of days. I spoke to this Rabbi. Spoke to. Don't speak to any Rabbi. Look in the Talmud. Look in the Gemara. You need to know what the sources say. People say, I heard. I once heard. Don't hear anything. You need to learn the sources. There are two Gemara's, black and white, that tell us what the deal is going to be at the end of days. The first Gemara, you can look on your sheet. Number six, the Gemara Navodazara. The Gemara Navodazara tells us that at the end of days, God's going to take out the Sefer Torah. And He's going to say, any nation who is involved with this, who supported this, come, we're going to give you reward. Oh, all the nations say, yeah, we supported the Jews, we loved the Jews, we gave them money, we helped, we built Yeshivot, we gave money to B'nai Torah. All the nations are going to come. And God's going to say, come on, order please. Don't all come, don't come in a a mix-up. I need each nation by itself. Says the Gemara, which nation will come first? Malchut Romi, Rome. Ask the Gemara, why Rome first? says the Gemara because it's the most chashu so Rome's going to come and say we made stores we made bathhouses we made beautiful infrastructure why why do you think we made a store a food store so that Jews could buy food they could buy bagels and learn Torah and why did we make other food stores so Jews could buy ochel and support themselves and and learn Torah and God's going to say listen carefully God's not going to say you're wrong that's why you did it The only reason you did it The only reason I allowed you to do it Is for Torah But you're a fool Because that wasn't your kavana So you don't get any reward The Gemara then says Rome walks out dejected The pachei hanefesh. They walk out dejected Next into the room Taras Persia And Persia is going to say We made many wars We conquered many cities and we did it all so that the Jewish people <coughs> should learn Torah. And God's going to say, you fools, that wasn't your kavana. And they're going to walk out dejected. Listen carefully, ask the Gemara, why specifically Rome and Persia? says, the Gemara, because they are the most chashuv. Ask the Gemara, why are they the most chashuv? Because these will be the only power standing until the end of days. Says the Gemara, there will only be two nations standing in the end of days. Romi and Paras. Now let's think about that. Romi, is Rome still around? Rome is long gone. You want to see something about Rome? You go to the British Museum, and they found over there in the British Museum (coughs) that 2,000 years ago a Roman drank hot chocolate from a mug They didn't find the mug, they found the handle. That's the Roman Empire today. That's all that's left from the Roman Empire. So what does the Gemara mean that Rome will last until Mashiach? The answer is, the spiritual heir of Rome is the Western world. United States of America and the the countries that espouse Western values. That's Roimi. But what about Persia? What does the Gemara mean the other nation standing will be Persia? Iran? Iran today is unconnected, not ethnically, not genetically, to the ancient Persian Empire. So what does the Gemara mean? That Paras will last until Mashiach comes, according to Maral of Prague. It's black and white. Who is Paras, says Maral? Yishmael. So the Gemara is telling us that before Mashiach comes, there will only be two powers in the world. USA, the Western world, and Yishmael. And that's exactly what we see today. So now that we've established that the Gemara already told us 1500 years ago who will be the superpowers in the end of days, let's ask ourselves a simple question. Who stands last? That's what we're all, you know, we're basically waiting back and, you know, we're waiting to see who stands last. Now one thing I have to tell you is, you know, we have in our mind, oh, who stands last? The one that Drops the big first. No, 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 no. You know, if you think about the Roman Empire and how the Roman Empire crumbled, people say, oh, probably an invading army came and conquered the Roman Empire, you know, with thousands of troops. And no, that's not what happened. It was political disillusionment. It crumbled from within, it disintegrated. Nobody conquered the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire just Collapsed. Collapsed by the seams. That's something that is a very realistic <coughs> contention that we have to think about. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. We, we're watching news. Oh, what's new? There's nothing new. Nothing new. Ein kol chadash tahad Whatever happened, it's happened many times before. So when we say, who will be the last power standing, even though you know, in our uh, science fiction minds, we think, "Okay, who's going to attack who?" The question really, probably, is which value system will be the last value system that remains, and then Mashiach will come and say, "Tarat lanu Moshe Morasha Kila Yaakov." That's what it means. Will be orlagoyim, but which value system now does the Western world have values today? And that's the debate going on in this country right now. What values remain in Romi? Is there a value system of Romi today? And that's a, there's a big split today. And actually, in a way, it's sort of comforting. Because the Gemara discusses, if you look in Mesech Yuma, Daf and Aleph. There's a Beit HaKrasev here? A few. Okay, You see, the thing is, I'm a visiting rabbi, right? So, I could say whatever I want, right? And if you don't like me, I won't come back. We'll still be friends. We could, we could send each other messages. But I want to tell you something very important. It's okay? You'll find out. You'll let me know if it's okay after I say it. First, let me say it. I want to tell you something, because we're friends over here. Okay? Does anybody know? What is the defense system of the Jewish people? The defense, the, the protection, the fortress. Beit Haknesset. Ani I am a wall. My protection is like a fortress. That's our defense system. I want to tell you something. We have to be very careful. There's no infiltration in the fortress. You know what I mean by that? I don't know about you. I sometimes look at my phone more than I need to. Because, you know, you have it. Maybe I got a message, maybe I got... And so I try to make times, I try to make times that my phone is away. One of those times needs to be Beit Right now the Jewish people are Beit sarah. We need protection more than ever in our history. Every sensitive, thoughtful Jew has to say, I do not bring my phone into Beit It's a must. It's a must. Do we believe prayer works or do we not believe prayer works? We believe it works. Do we believe when we pray it should be with all of our heart or is it okay if we do it, let's say, 23%? We have to at least try to do it 100%. We have to try. Nobody is a malach. We have to try. The only way you can make a valiant effort to try to pray with all your heart is if you leave the phone in your car in a lot outside. Don't tell me it's on vibrate. Don't tell me it's on vibrate. I don't believe. I don't think anyone here, if I would ask you, could you pray properly with your phone on vibrate, nobody would have the audacity to say, yeah, I could do it. And I'm going to tell you a bigger chidush. If your phone is on silent, you also can't pray properly. Because you're having imaginary sensations that is vibrating, even though it's on silent. Even on Shabbat, I see a guy going like this, he doesn't even have his phone on him. I'm telling you, you want to bring defense to the Jewish people? You want to give koach to the Jewish people? You want to protect your brothers and sisters? I saw a guy looking at his phone in the middle of davening. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible what's happening there at Israel. Well, put away the phone. And maybe we'll be protected. Okay? Hey, That's a humble thought. You don't have to... I'm not your rabbi. We have
1: lockers.
0: You have lockers? Yeah. God should bless you. Amen. Back to the ranch. Back to the
1: ranch.
0: Who stands last? Esav or Yishmael? Esav or Yishmael? Who stands last? So I got very nervous when I saw this Gemara. Because at first I thought that means, you know, who's going to destroy who? But now I'm thinking probably which value system, which approach to life will stand last? And you can make the case. Wow. The answer has already been determined. The answer has already been determined. Is there a value system anymore in Rome? What do they stand for? What does the Western world stand for? What is Judea Christian values today? Is it monotheism? Is it Human value, identity, there are no values. Aseret HaDebrot, that this country was based on. This, the founding fathers wanted to make the official language of the United States of America, Lashon HaKodesh. The value system of this country, Judea, Christian ethics, do they exist today? Are they being taught in the Ivy League schools today by college professors? I don't think so. But Paras, their values, whether you like them or not, as extreme as they are, they still stand. That's something to really think about, the Gemara and Mesechet Yuma. And I'll tell you, I've given this class before, and I never really realized until standing here with this Kahal Kadosh, the Gemara in Mesechet Yuma says there will only be two nations standing in the end of days, Romi and Paras. Which nation will stand last? The Gemara brings the opinion of Rebbe, Rome will fall to Persia. The Gemara brings the opinion of Rebbe Yochanan, Rome will fall to Persia. And I'm shaking in my boots, Rome will fall to Persia. I don't live in uh, Syria. I don't live in Yemen. I live in New York. Rome will fall to Persia. USA will fall to... But now we have some kind of understanding of this. You know, what will be the last value system standing? And then the Gemara brings another opinion. Rabbah the Gemara says, Rav holds Persia will fall to Rome, meaning United States value system. Maybe the the House of Representatives will uh, you know conglomerate, they'll they'll get they'll push their agenda. There'll be more of a conservative agenda. These are what the Gemara is, is grappling with. Ultimately, who defeats who? I want to share with you chidush of Rabchaim Chaim Knievsky. You know Rab Knievsky, one of the great tzaddikim of the last generation. Rabchaim you know, in all Jewish homes, on Lel Seder, yeah? How do we end the Seder? We say a piyot. What piyot do we say? By Ashkenazim we say piyot, chad gadya. Yeah. Familiar with it? Yes. Chad gadya. How, how do they sing it? Chad gadya. What's, the, what's the tune? of tune? We have a chazan here. Yeah,
1: chazan <laughs> <laughs> He played
0: the again. He davened early. He knew. He knew to stay away. Okay. Okay. What's the story of Chagad Ya? It sounds like a nursery rhyme, right? Chagad Ya. You have a father who bought a goat. What happened? The cat ate the goat, and the dog ate the cat, and the stick hit the dog, and the fire burnt the stick, and the water put out the fire, and the ox came and drank the water, and the shochet came and shechted it. And then the Malach HaMavas came and killed the Shochet. And then God comes, and let's call it a night. Agut good day, Shluf Gazunt, Tov. Right? That's the end of the Seder. Lashana Haba, Birushalayim. Ben writes: if anybody mocks Chad Gadia, they should be put in Khiram because it's Kodesh Kadasha. <laughs> but exactly what is the message of the Chad Gadia? What, what is this all about? You know, we have eight main characters in the Chad Gadia: we have the cat. And the dog, and the stick, and the fire, and the water, and the and the bull, and the shokhet, and the malchamavas. We started the shir by talking about that we have four galut, we have four exiles Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. However, Medris Shokhartov and Rashi and Zechariah tells us each galut was a dual galut, is a two-parted galut. Babel and Kazdi, Babylon and the Chaldeans. Paras, <coughs> Madai. Greece, Macedonia, Mokdan. Esav, and Ishmael. In fact, the Arizal even writes, that when Daniel saw in his vision, a being, the head is Babel. The two arms, Paras and Madai. The body is Greece. The two legs... And, and the legs are the longest, because these are the longest and the longest exiles. Says Reb Chaim Knievsky, isn't it interesting? There are eight characters in the Chad Gadia, and there are eight exiles. Now this is going to be very telling, because we're going to want to know who's the Shochet, and who's the Malach HaMavas. Because whoever is the Malach HaMavas, that's the last exile. Says Reb Chaim Knievsky, The cat, we find many examples. The Babylonians, they cried out like cats. Bavel is the cat. The dog, the dog, Belshazzar. Belshazzar drank from the vessels of the temple like a dog. Comes the Persians, it says, Koresh hit people over the brain with a stick. Persia, Achashverosh. He was angry. Fire. Macedonia is like water. Alexander the Great, he comes to the Garden of Eden and they pour water on him. Yavan is an axe. Remember? In times of Chanukah, the Yavanim say, Kitvu lachem al-keren Hashor Ein lachem chilek b'la Right on the horn of an axe. And now we're up to the final two exiles. Esav and Yishmael. Now if I was writing a commentary on the Haggadah, I'll tell you what I would have said. I would have said, Who's the Shochet? Well, who in the Tanakh was a Shochet? Sure. Sure. Avram brings the cow. Vayiten el Hanar. Rashi says, who's the Nar? Yishmael. To do what? To shek the animal. Yishmael is the Shochet. Ad Hayom... Yishmael, thou shhita! By the way, do you see the power of Chinuch? Think about the power of Chinuch. <coughs> Avram Avinu calls on Yishmael to prepare the animal. What's he training him in? Rashi says, the chanchobe mitzvot. Which mitzvot? Hachnasat orchim and shhita. The ad hayom. Say what you want about our cousins. They're two mitzvot, they're mitzdayenin. Hachnasat orchim and shhita! Look at the power of of chinuch. You think it's a small thing, you ask your son to help you out with the mitzvah one time, it will affect generations for hundreds of generations, forever and ever. That's the power of chinuch. And Malach hamavas, I would have said, would be Esav. Because my grandfather who saw Aichman, he also saw the Malach hamavas. He saw Dr. Mengele, the angel of death. The angel of death, I would have said Esav. But that's not what Reb Chaim Kenevsky says. So I would have liked to say, living in America, we like to say, America will be the last Golas. So it makes us feel more comfortable to say, Yishmael is a Shochit, and Esav is Malach malchamavas. And the truth is, if you look at the Medrash Shochertov, Medrash Shochertov says, Yishmael, Edom. Which to me sounds like, Edom will stand last. Like the opinion of Rav. But if you look in Rashi, Rashi says, Edom, the Yishmael which is the opinion of Rebbe and Rav Yochanan. <coughs> so apparently, it's not clear, but Rav Chaim Kenievsky says, The Shochet is Esav, the Malach Hamavas. Nobody is the Malach Hamavas like Ishmael. The truth is, they're both highly qualified for both positions. They're both qualified to be the Shochet, they're both qualified to be the Malach Hamavas. Says Reb Chaim Knievsky, the Baal HaTurim in the opening of this coming week's parsha, supports the view that Yishmael stands last. The last words of this parsha, Alpnei kol echav nafal, talking about Yishmael, Yishmael will fall everywhere. What are the next words? Ve'ele toldot yitzchak. Says Balaturim. when Yishmael falls in the end of days, then az yitzmach ben David. So That's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for that when the Gemara tells us there'll be two nations standing, we're hoping this doesn't mean, you know, melchama, with sword, with nuclear weapon. By the way, you know, there are those who learn that the world may be protected from nuclear weapons because of a very special tefillah. Abraham, he, he prayed that God should save the city of Sodom. God destroyed Sodom with Gafris, with sulfur, and Abraham prayed, and from Abraham's prayer we learn out tefillat shacharit. But what was God's answer to his prayer? No, no, don't and don't bother me again. Well, wow, what a beautiful source for tefillah, Abraham Davin. and God said, "Not a chance." There are those who learn Abraham's tefillah worked because he prayed that God should save us from gafris vamelech Srefa kol because he foresaw that. What kind, of, what kind of weapons are, will be And the world is protected today From the tefillah that didn't work then and, and Halavay halavai. We're, we're hoping that when the Gemara says There'll be two nations standing in the end of days There'll be two value systems And which value system will be shown to be Bereft, empty Which one will go down first? We wish them both a speedy nefilah. But Bezrat Hashem, this is a time that really has to stir our hearts to be Mitzapel Yeshua when we say in the Ki Yeshuatcha, Ki Vinu Kal Hayom. We're getting very close to the finish line. Amen. If we're really waiting, we have to really, we have to beg Hashem. You know, Reb Chaim Knievsky said, Gemara tells us, Sion, He, Doresh, Einla, no one seeks out. Sion, Mikhlal, Debai, Drisha. From here we see we need to seek it out. Says Reb Chaim, what does it mean to seek it out? Drisha, Targum always translates Esba, to demand. We have to say, Ribbonishoilam, you told us. You told us. Ka'asher dibarta. You said it's going to happen. We need to really wait for it. We need to ask for it. We need that this final battle, we need to be done with it very quickly. B'Shalom. And we will show B'Zochah. Harach Yishlach L'Anu. Et Hanavi. Vivacer lanub sarot tov od yeshuah ben chamos bishov bizorcha tgol koyem komaniyot la artzeno bem har yameno amen amen
1: you've just experienced another torah class brought to you by torahanytime.com